Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less, so you don't have to. Today's movie, we're going to be doing a little bit different. We're doing something on Screenbox. We've done movies on Shudder, but nothing from Cockapeepee or anything like that. But name of the movie today is called The Anchor, written by, and Corey, bear with me here. I'm going to try to get these names right. Uh, Jung Ji Yun, starring Chun Woo Hee from The Wailing. Shin Ha Kyun from Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, and Lee Hai Young from Boys Over Flowers. Corey, let's give a little synopsis so people have a better understanding of what we're talking about, because they're not going to know. They're just going to be like, what the hell are you even talking about? Basically, synopsis, a nightly news anchor attempts to solve a cryptic murder in the anchor. The haunting South Korean mystery was released on December 20th, 2022, and is streaming now exclusively on Screambox. 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what'd you think of The Anchor? It wasn't my favorite movie. I just thought it was kind of a mess. I typically like watching movies that make me think, and this movie does a really good job of making you think, but it's confusing as fuck. I really don't know where to even begin with this one. What about you, Steve? God, yeah. You and I, we've talked a little bit about this offline, not while we're recording here. And we had some real opinions about this movie because it was, in my opinion, it was all over the place. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about this previously with subtitles. You know how I'm not a big fan of subtitles because sometimes I focus on that when I'm not focusing on the movie. This was another case, and it's understandable. It's a South Korean movie. You can't expect a South Korean movie to be in English, and not every movie can be English. This movie started off weird. I wasn't sure where it was going. It almost felt like it was an evil entity or person terrorizing a mother and child. That's what it felt like right away. There were some like redeeming things after all, but I felt like at first I was kind of given a different type of movie than what I was finally portrayed towards the end. Now, I'm a big fan of movies that have to do with dissociative identity disorder, like the movie Identity, which I actually even based the song on that. I like those kind of movies, movies that make you think. But this one, it just felt like there was too many different stories happening at once. And there was no clear target, if you will, in regards to how the movie was going to end. Yeah, I didn't really understand it. It started basically on a newscast, right? And Sarah ends up getting this phone call from this person who was talking about someone's in her house trying to kill her. That's basically the whole start of the movie right there. Yeah, that's how the whole movie starts. Or that's where things really kick in. Because overall, you start and it seems like it's a daughter who's an anchor. She's waking up. She has an overbearing mother who strives for perfection and all that kind of bullshit. So... You'd think it's something that has to like kind of start with that. And it could have been that approach, but with maybe an overbearing mother who ends up turning crazy, don't know. But like I said, it was very weird. She received the call. And of course, another movie that has to do with a dead child. That's where I started with the confusion was, how did Sarah know where this person lived? Oh, shit. 
That's a good point. How did she know that? Like she gets this random ass phone call and just decides, hey, I'm going to go to this person's house and find a dead kid in the bathtub. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that because I have some theories about this movie, but that is a ginormous plot hole if you think about it, because how the hell are they going to find the mother and child when they didn't give like any information? She was just saying things like, he's here, tell my story. And I wish I could be like you. And the call ended. I don't think they were tracing the call or anything. They chalked it up as a prank call. Is that something like a news station typically does though? Do they track phone calls? Because they're not an emergency service, like a 911 or something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I remember back in the day, uh, Howard Stern, he did a show and I guess he was talking to a serial killer and they weren't tracing his call or anything. They were just going based off his information. So I think entertainment such as news anchors, radio personalities, things like that, they're not tracking calls like if someone's to call into this show you better believe i'm not going to track down where they are and get their address and stuff and be like oh i found their ip address or some bullshit and another thing why would this fucking girl go to this person's house knowing that there's someone there trying to kill whoever like she goes by herself like is she fucking iron man or something what was she expecting to happen there oh she wanted to go for like the big story she wanted to be a real newscaster someone that's just more than behind the desk she wanted to go there and get the full scoop and be there in person and have that exclusive but then again how did she even know how to get there so she just finds her way there magically we'll go with magic is how it happened yeah magic and works again so she's walking around this apartment trying to find this killer or the woman who made the phone call and ends up finding a kid floating what, face first in a bathtub. I mean, uh, shocking. Episode number four with dead kids. It's, a, and... it's turning into a, like, this is turning into like a whole series about of shows about dead kids. It's getting a little absurd. The next one that we have in the crock pot here doesn't have any dead kids though, so we're going to break the trend. Oh, finally. So but there's got to be some sort of connection though. We have to have some sort of connection to this lunacy, but I'm sure we'll find a way. Back to this anchor stuff here. So Sarah's walking around the apartment and this guy shows up who ends up being a doctor and this dude's just fucking weird right from the start, right? Yeah. I thought he was very odd. He's just a psychologist. It turns out later on in the film, he does hypnotism as a way to help people with dissociative identity disorder. But they made it out to seem like this doctor was hypnotizing people into wanting to kill themselves or kill people or things like that. So it was going into that direction too. So why was he there though? I have no idea because at the end of the film, you find out it was Sarah who was being choked by her mother in the beginning of the whole time. And what the doctor didn't go in there to interrupt or anything like that. So yeah, that was pretty cool too. When they're like at the apartment and then after she meets the doctor, they're standing outside and they're hauling away that dead body and the dead body's head just turns and looks at Sarah. Mm -hmm. It was fucking awesome. I, I love that part of it. That was a pretty cool nuance there. Yeah, I thought that was great. Now that makes me think because now it's starting to seem like it's more of some sort of ghost or demon that's after her because of like the head moving. And then later on in the film, when she's doing a newscast and she's being choked by some sort of entity, when really the whole time, I guess it was her choking herself, but because she has dissociative identity disorder, she's thinking that other entity is something completely different. And it's like kind of interweaving. It's very weird. Usually from what I've gathered based in movies, I'm no expert when it comes to dissociative identity disorder, but 
movies like Split, for instance, it's not like they're all talking to each other or interacting with each other. It's like one or the other or the other. It's just like they're jumping. It's not a collaborative thing. Yeah, but Split was like almost like not bipolar. And I know it's DID, but he also had like several different personalities. What was it like 23 or something like that? Something crazy? Yeah, which is wild when you think about James McAvoy seeing all of those in one fucking movie. Yeah, he was fantastic. In that movie, I feel like Oscar territory because of how many characters he was playing in such a short span of time, especially the part where he's like transforming from one person to another, Mm. like in such a short span of time. That's why I love like movies that have to deal with DID because there's so many things you can do with it. You can have so many different characters and you can really work off that. But this one, it felt like there was like five or six different stories happening at once and none of them had to do with DID, except for maybe one. I didn't even make that connection until we started talking about this on the show here, the DID. This whole time, from that time I watched the movie until now, I was just fucking confused. Yeah, I watched it once and I was like, I'm not sure what's happening. So I went through again and I watched it and I'm like, still not sure what's happening. I was so confused by the whole thing. And I like to think I'm pretty good when it comes to understanding psychology in movies. But the psychology in this movie was just bonkers. The fact that we've talked about it before, like I know you're not a big fan of subtitles and stuff. And I personally love them. Well, love them and hate them at the same time. But maybe it didn't make sense to us because it's a Korean film. I don't know. That's another thing with me. It's not necessarily pet peeve. It's just because I have a hard time focusing on both at the same time. Because it's in a different language, you have to focus on the subtitles. And then you also have to see what's happening in the movie. I'd probably be better off if I just learned Korean. Because a lot of these movies are fantastic. But it's this one in particular that I was just so confused on what was happening. Yeah, and it didn't let up either as far as the confusion goes. It was a good hour, hour and a half of you really needed to pay attention to understand what was going on. Yeah. And even then, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, it sounds like we're shitting on this movie. I mean, there are some good things about it. The atmospheric soundtrack I thought was great. I'm a big fan of soundtracks. We've already talked about this, how we're like, you and I are a big fan of like the sound scores for movies and you're a big collector. Yeah, that was probably like the first thing I noticed when we started watching this film here was the score. That was fantastic. That's another one I wouldn't mind owning on vinyl. Yeah, like it was great. Sometimes the scores for these movies really make or break it. And I think it really helped to drive the movie, but... For the most part, I think the movie drove itself crazy. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a fucking crazy movie. There were some things that kind of drove me a little nuts. She throws up in a sink. What kind of monster does that? I worked at a place before where a guy used to drink at his desk and he threw up in the sink. I was like, what kind of monster throws up in the sink? Now everyone has to fucking wash their hands and puke. What's the problem with that? You gotta go, you gotta go. Well, like just throw up on someone's face or something. If that's where it needs to go, (laughs) if I don't have a sink near me, I'm fucking doing it. Just straight down someone's shirt. Just remember that the next time we're together and we're like drinking or something, if I need to throw up, I'm throwing up on you. <laughs> oh, God. Make sure, can you please make sure that my mouth is closed? I don't want to like, I don't want to get it in my mouth and then it's coming back out and at you. That'll be a fucking Korean <laughs> horror film. Oh, my God. That sounds like that would be some sort of horror film. Whereas, actually, what was it? I think there was a movie I was watching recently where it started off like that, where a doctor was trying to get a zombie over to a girl and he was trying to get the zombie to throw up in her mouth. And I was like, I'm done. Not watching that. Thank you. I'm good. Is vomit in the mouth where you draw the line? I think so. So, actually, no. Okay. So, there's teeth, nails, genitals, eyes. And apparently vomit in the mouth. But you're fine with dead kids. I guess I'm fine with dead kids because that's an ongoing thing with us is talking about dead kids. Yeah. You're desensitized to it now. That's fine. Well, we see so many. I think now it's getting to the point where just they're going to do it and we're like, eh, 
It's whatever. It is what it is. It's part of the show at this point. Yeah. You know what I thought was cool? Something that we usually don't see is seeing someone write in a different language. She, when she was taking notes of that person on the phone, she got a name. Maybe that's how she found the location. She got a name at least. And then she was able to track that down. But it was really cool to see them write in uh, Korean. And, you know, it's not something I'm used to seeing because when we write in English, we fucking write S and T and it's like a normal thing. That's what we think it is. But when they write it, it's all sorts of different character looking stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's a good point. You don't see it too often. So it's always nice to see the other cultures. I thought that was awesome. But yeah, for me, there was not a lot in this movie that I really could go out and just rave about. It just felt like it was there was too much going on, too confusing. They, I don't know if they were trying to do it on purpose. They were trying to mislead you into different directions where maybe the doctor is the bad guy when really the doctor is the good guy the whole time. They had a scene where the doctor was inadvertently hypnotizing her and he's just sitting at his desk. He's smoking a cigarette. The clock's going and things like that. And she's getting hypnotized just by talking to him. It almost reminded me of the movie Get Out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember a ton about this movie. There were definitely some shock factors, but I don't know. It's not something that I typically like to watch. But yeah, if I wasn't doing it for the podcast, I probably would have turned it off halfway through. I wanted to go in with an objective mind and be like, okay, maybe the first time I didn't really like it i'll go into it again and really get a better understanding of it because hey i've watched Step Brothers once and i was like this is fucking stupid and then i went in back again and i'm like okay now this is like one of my favorite movies because of how absurd it is so sometimes watching it a second time it helps yeah but like this one it was oh not to mention the fact that the whole movie was a slow burn and then really nothing ever happened yeah this movie could have ended way too, too long time. yeah and i actually came up with this thought about the movie is that at the end it almost feels like she was in a coma the whole time and dreamt the shit or maybe she just had some sort of medical thing happen and ended up in the hospital and dreamt the whole thing. Because here's the reason, is that at the end of the movie, as all this shit is going down, she stabs the new anchor when we think it's her mother stabbing her. And then we see it's, oh, it's not her mother. It's Sarah the whole time because of her DID. In the mirror, it shows her instead of her mother. And then she goes, does the podcast, dressed all in white, somehow didn't get any blood on her. Good for her. That's pretty impressive. And then after like the girl walks in that got stabbed, she runs off. She goes down to like a, a separate room, hangs out. Doctor comes in, hypnotizes her again. But here's the thing. The whole movie, she was supposedly pregnant. So as she's being hypnotized, she starts bleeding like profusely from obviously her vagina. And because of it, to me, that screams miscarriage. But when they put her in the hospital, of course, perfectly fine. I mean, she did try to like attempt unalive this girl. But what happened was like no cops whatsoever inside at the hospital room. And she wakes up from i think a coma and they say oh yeah your baby's fine okay so she's bleeding like crazy it's going all down her legs no cops are in sight was this whole thing a dream to begin with it could have been because there was that scene in the beginning of the movie where her husband was going through their trash in their apartment or whatever and he found the ultrasound mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of the first sign i guess that we get that sarah's pregnant right yeah that or the throwing up in the sink which could have been a couple of things that could have been nerves or that could have been pregnancy. And I think it alluded to pregnancy later on because she was throwing up again, but that wasn't really telling much until we did find that picture in the garbage of the ultrasound. And uh, that's really where it was solidified that she was actually pregnant. I thought it was a little weird. Could have been a dream the whole entire time. She woke up from a dream and then again at the end wakes up from another dream. That makes me think that 
this whole entire story made no sense. You were probably just in a coma the whole time. I don't know, man. Like I said in the beginning there, I love movies that make you think. I love focus features, I think they're called. Like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, that type of movie. Great movie. Yeah, that's where, um, that's out of control, that one. That's fantastic. But that's one of these types of movies where there's just so much shit being thrown at you for the whole movie. But in the end, it all makes sense. Yeah, in my opinion, for the anchor, none of it really made sense to me. I didn't really have any resolve to the whole entire movie. I feel like I was sat there for, I think it was two hours, like or an hour and 50 minutes, something like that. I felt like I sat there for an hour and 50 minutes and was just confused the whole time. But then it ended and I was just so confused. But that's what I felt about it. And I think you and I are on the same page about this whole thing. It has a lot of great parts to it. When the credits rolled, there was no payoff. You know what I mean? Yeah, when the credits rolled, I was like, thank fucking goodness that I don't have to do this again. Because like I said, I watched it once. I watched it again. And I'm not going to watch it a third time. That's for damn sure. Yeah. How did you watch it twice? Fucking no idea. You know what I did? Actually, I watched it the first time with my girlfriend and we tried to get an understanding of it, but we just we couldn't pick it up. We couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to put it on again when I'm like at home, just kind of working and take some notes. Actually, I think one of the times I was getting uh, like an oil change and I was just like, oh, okay, I'll throw it on my laptop because luckily with Screenbox, you can actually just watch it online. You don't need a freaking Roku device or anything like that. So yeah, I was watching it and I'm taking notes and it's just none of it is really resonating to me. It's all over the place. I mean, there was one point the teleprompter was shaking and all the things that are moving around, making it seem like, oh, okay, maybe it's some sort of demon or whatever. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's not a pleasant experience. I hate to say it, but I did not enjoy this film at all. Yeah, and I honestly, I hate to do it because Screenbox is fantastic. They're great people. Obviously, they have nothing to do with this movie. This is them. Like, they're just putting the movie out there. And I'm sure some people may have different opinions on it. Like, for us over here in the States, maybe we're just not used to that kind of movie. But we've had plenty of movies about D.I.D. Plenty. We didn't talk about there being no fucking. Oh, that's right. There was no fucking in this. There was no gratuitous like sex scenes. No. You know what? There was not a lot of fucks in there. There was zero fucks given. Like the word or banging? Both. I don't think yeah. I heard the word fuck the slightest bit. You mean you read the word fuck? Oh, maybe. I, I didn't <laughs> because I couldn't hear like the word fuck. I could have been in like Korean and I'm completely oblivious. But yeah, I didn't read the word fuck at all. But there was a shower scene, which I feel like a pretty standard thing to have in horror movies. See, I don't even remember that. That's how little I was invested in this. Yeah, I think it was towards the beginning after she woke up from her sleep and being berated by her mother, like right off the bat. I mean, that's a pretty shitty way to wake up. She's probably just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to take a shower. I think it was like just a headshot of her showering. And then that was it. But after she was done with the shower, she did notice this mark on her head. She got hit in the head because she had a fight with her mother and her mother ended up hanging herself. And it kind of like made her spiral out of control with her DID from that. She completely blocked it out after it happened. That's right. We see the mother hanging towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So it makes me think like this whole thing was completely perpetrated in her head. From the beginning, her mother could have been dead the whole time. And she could have been waking up from, I don't know, fake waking up from her sleep. And then dreaming her mother's there, maybe dreaming that she's like an anchor when her mother was really an anchor before. And I don't know if the stories are blending like she's dreaming that she should be stepping in her mom's footsteps, if you will, and being an anchor when her mom was an anchor. I don't know. It was weird. It just seemed like one fever dream the whole entire time. So what is this here about a random spider? 
oh yeah it, like <laughs> did you think that it was left in there on accident not edited out you're damn right I did. oh you thought it was too yeah i didn't i was like that's a random spider they're filming in some dingy little fucking bathroom right now and the guy behind the editor forgot to use the white eraser on that he's like oh that'll be fine i don't need to edit that out in adobe after effects it's fine don't worry no one will notice it adds no. to the effect of the dead kid floating in the bath <laughs> yeah they need to make it seem like they're living in a spider-infested house where, like, a kid's dead in the bathtub and a woman's hanging in a closet. Did we ever find out why the kid was dead in the bathtub? No, but it was hard for me to tell it was a kid to begin with. Did you have trouble with that? Yeah, because the camera angle, it wasn't like an overhead camera angle. It was, it was like a sideways, I believe. And you really can't tell on that, you know, that angle. Yeah, it was that sideways angle that was giving me trouble trying to determine if it was a kid. And I couldn't tell. Like, I was thinking almost that maybe that was the mother and the kid was hanging because they're both small. And you know what, too? They had this whole grudge thing going on as well, where the girl with the hair, like, down the face. Yep. And kept getting seems those like vibes. Kept getting those vibes of the ring or whatever. It seems like just the go-to. If they want to have some scary-looking entity, it has to be some sort of little girl with her hair just over her face and wearing some sort of white gown. Yeah. I've seen it over and over. I'm surprised they didn't try and recreate the TV scene in this movie. Oh, God. I know, right? She's watching the TV. It looks like there's a freaking well there. And who knows? Maybe an anchor comes flying out of it. And she's like, welcome to News 9. This is so-and-so. Hey, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have shocked me if they tried to do that. Because, I mean, they got the girl with the hair already. So I would have preferred it. They should have just made it into a horror comedy. I think well, that would have been fantastic. But you know, yeah. instead, they decided to go something a little bit more artsy. Add a little Easter egg in there of a different Korean movie. Yeah, exactly. They could just have a little reference to that or whatever. And who knows? They could have made it into Scary Movie, the movie where they spoof all the other movies. Just make it, I don't know, make it fun because yeah. it wasn't entertaining at all. If you're going to make a movie entertaining and you think it's going to be dog shit, just make it a comedy. I'm sure someone's going to find it funny. There was a lot of funny stuff in this movie. Just yeah. because. What it was it? Like the dead kid in the bathtub? Oh, dude, I was fucking crying laughing when I saw that. Well, yeah, because now we're reviewing another movie where there's a dead kid involved. It was. And that's probably why you laughed your ass off. It really was because I was like, last episode, we talked about trying to get away from that. And then it, it actually happened again by accident. Here, yeah, by accident. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch Matilda. And it's going to not involve kids dying. And you're like, well, kids are getting fucking abused or whatever. And we're like, damn it. And then we talked about um, Hocus Pocus. And kids are getting sacrificed in that movie for the witches. And we're just like, okay, I guess kids die in every movie now. Can we just wrap this one up already? Yeah, I think we can wrap this up. I think we're at the end here. You know what? On a scale of one to five, or actually zero to five, what would you give it? Probably like a two. A two? Okay. Yeah, and that's Please. because okay. the music cool. was great. All right. Fair enough. I'll give it a 1.9 out of five. You've got like, to undercut me just by a point. <laughs> half a point. <laughs> it's like Price is Right. If someone's betting 500, you just bet $1. Yeah, you can't be wrong. No, I'm the $1 guy. The price is wrong, bitch. Yeah, for the anchor, the price is wrong, bitch. End it right there. <laughs> yeah, just end it right there. Price is wrong, bitch. Let's throw out a little bit of a plug, though, for Screenbox, because they're awesome. It's a great service. Not every movie can be fucking amazing. Not every movie can be like Schindler's List or The Green Mile or whatever. I don't know why I threw those out there. 
Those are bad movies to throw out there. One of them is the Stephen King one, at least. Did you know they're making a sequel to Passion of the Christ this year? Oh, no. What? Wait, how? I have no idea, but I was reading about it the other day. Like, what? okay, so what happens? Like, Jesus takes revenge? Uh, Jesus arrives out of the ashes? Either way, he's going to come back, and he's going to stop Yanker from being made. <laughs> Let's hope. Oh, God. Oh, I feel bad. This is the first movie where we really was like, okay, this is dog shit. It's, you know what's uh, funny? I just looked at my phone and Screenbox just liked something we tweeted. So it's kind of funny. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I said, they're great dudes. They're great people. And I would love to work with them again someday. Yeah. And they've been sending us some movies we got to check out and we're going to review them. And I think they're great. It's a cheap enough service. It's $2.50 a month if you break it down. I think I paid $30-something a year. Netflix costs damn near that much a month. So yeah, you're definitely getting your bang... Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck with it. Between all the original contents and all like the back catalog stuff that you get between like Shutter and Screenbox, when you like the stuff that we like, you almost don't need anything else. If you're just a massive horror fan, you get Screenbox, you get Shutter, and you're golden. You don't really need Netflix or anything like that. And if you need Netflix, I'm sure you got a friend who'll let you borrow their password. Or you can steal it from someone that you know. Hey, we can't talk about that. <laughs> but... But I will say this, we don't steal anything edit. from the Screenbox. <laughs> edit. We'll edit that out. I can say this, yeah. We don't steal anything from Screenbox because we own it. Not Screenbox. Screenbox has been cool to us. Hopefully they won't hate us after this one and we can continue working together. But hey, we're critics and you can't expect every movie to be great. Shudder put out Christmas Bloody Christmas. I didn't exactly hate the thing. There were redeeming qualities. Even though it wasn't great, we still enjoyed it. This one I didn't enjoy. I just simply just didn't enjoy it. No. No, Christmas Bloody Christmas was great. You're you're bound to get some duds. They all can't be blockbusters. Exactly. They can't all be winners. Sometimes they're just tax write-offs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, with that in mind, that's our review today for The Anchor. We didn't really like it all that much other than the score. Feel free to check it out. It's on Screenbox. You load that app up. It's right there, front and center, I'm sure. So if you want to check it out, go for it. Maybe that kind of horror is your deal. That tends to be over in Korea, Japan, China, stuff like that. They tend to put out really good stuff. So maybe that's your thing. Maybe not. Feel free to check it out. But we're good. We're all set watching it again. This is 30 Screams or Less. Thank you for listening. We're all over social media now. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash 30 Screams or Less. We're on YouTube now. We actually just redesigned the whole thing. So at 30 Screams or Less on YouTube or just youtube.com at 30 Screams or Less. We're also on Twitter, twitter.com slash 30 Screams or Less. So be sure to hit us up, DM us, all that good stuff. Join in the conversation. If there's anything you want us to review, feel free to just DM us, tag us in a post, or even email us at 30screamsorless at gmail.com and let us know the movie, where we can find it, and we may review it. Who knows? We've had people being like, hey, you should review this movie, and we end up doing it. So definitely hit us up for that. But everyone, thank you for listening to 30 Screams or Less. I'm Steve. I'm Corey. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you all soon. Mm -hmm.